Hello and welcome to the long-awaited Overdue episode number 105 of the Milestone Pursuit podcast. The podcast that brings you a wealth of things. It brings you conversations with the elites as part of our scheme to invest in underfunded British elite marathon runners. It brings brings you an increasingly occasional number of workouts and it brings you recovery rambles where I run easy around the magical Epping Forest, the breezy Epping Forest today and talk about something that's on my mind that you may or may not find interesting yourself. And today it is Wednesday the 5th of October and that's what we've got, we've got a recovery ramble today and I guess it's a ramble about freedom but we might go in a slightly circuitous route to get there perhaps that's a metaphor in itself freedom not being easy to attain and I'm well aware that the last time I published a podcast was on July the 7th been missing a bit since then, a bit missing in action. Let me just explain why that was the case, and it is relevant to the freedom story. So, July the 7th was just before the Championship Marathons. I'm going to chat with our elites about their prospects for that. We're going to revisit that in a, in a week or two and analyse what happened across the summer. It wasn't great for Natasha, for Josh or Charlotte. But it wasn't a great summer in my household either. So the story of my summer goes something like this. The day the children broke up from school, I can't remember when that was now, middle of July obviously, some point around there, that, that very day, my mother-in-law was admitted to hospital very poorly with a perforated bowel that had led to sepsis and emergency surgery. And for a while there, it didn't look like she was going to recover from it. And the context for this is, four years ago, she'd had cancer in the ampulla, which is the valve going into the pancreatic uh, system, the pancreas I think they call it. <laughs> uh, so this was so this was not good and there was a good week where it didn't look like she was going to make it and they conducted a second emergency surgery, a last resort, almost a, well we might as well try something and, and that worked and she very, very slowly started to recover, but it was so touch and go for such a long time. And this is right at the beginning of the summer holidays, and our children are devoted to their mother-in-law, to my mother-in-law, their gran, their nana. And because it was looking so bad, we felt we had to tell them. So we had a difficult time managing our emotions, managing their emotions, 
as we were effectively grieving. And even if we weren't grieving her passing, it was at the time a grieving for what we knew would be lost because we know that life for her will never be the same again. So across the rest of the summer holidays, she made steady progress as intensive care in hospital for most of that time, but she made steady progress, unbelievably so, incredibly strong, and she made it out of hospital on the day before the kids went back to school. So the school holiday was bookended by that, and while the recovery from the bowel perforation, the sepsis, the two major surgeries has continued at some pace, there is still some lingering uncertainty around the causes of it, which we know to be a cancer, but we don't know to what extent or at least there's some confusion about to what extent at this moment in time. And it's obviously one of those things that's changing all the time. And she's requiring quite a bit of care. So it's all been a little bit disruptive in my world since July the 7th. And I know that's not unique. This isn't a woe is me story, but it does fit. And it's an important part of where I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about today. Because it did change things. It changed some perspectives. It obviously hit my time, with the, particularly with the timing of it around the school holidays. children needed a lot of emotional support and presence so time was a barrier to the podcast production but also so is mental health and mental energy it was a pretty exhausting time draining and difficult and stressful uh, from a mental health perspective. So probably wasn't at my mentally sharpest, my psychologically sharpest. And there's something in here about grief and mourning and adversity and all that sort of stuff. And that's for another day, I think, and I'll add into that. Obviously, the great morning that we've all experienced with the death of the Queen. Obviously, impacting upon us personally to greater or lesser extents, depending on your perspectives. But we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Something else for another day is the championship marathons across the summer, the world championships, the European championships, the Commonwealth Games. But we'll come back to that 
another time because there's some interesting lessons and learnings in there as well. But today, I really wanted to talk about freedom. And it's really been inspired as ever by the London Marathon, which took place just two days ago. Now, by way of entry into the conversation about the London Marathon, of course we had a number of athletes who were looking to be at their best. And some did, and some didn't, such as the way with the marathon. Great conditions, a little bit muggy, I thought a little bit warm, but no breeze, no wind, except for around Canary Wharf, where it would be windy on the stillest of days. No rain, which is always good, especially with the super shoes that don't tend to perform quite so well in the rain. And like I said, there's some good performances, some good days, and some less good ones. So the good ones were Scott Yule in 2.32. Worked ever so hard for that. Zach Nil, 2.36. Carl Selyhammer, 2.47. Molly Bryan, 3.04. Joe Hall, 3.05. Laura Thompson, 3.07. Faye Geecock, 3.09. Brilliant run from Faye. Looks so happy at the finish. Amazing. Sophie Allen, 3.19 and 59. Against the goal when we first started working together of 3.20. Duncan Oric at 3.14. Russell Toon at 3.15, George Peters at 3.22, and a couple of people graduated from the Marathon Milestones program as well, Nina Waters and Alex Harrington, good work. But there were others who had a less good day. Mark Bolton, Alan Smith, Emily Seeger, Pete Coldring, and Ben Green in particular. And it happens. It wouldn't be a marathon if there weren't some people who had struggles. And they'll be back. And with each of them, there is almost always a physiological explanation as to why they underperform. Sometimes it's pacing, but not in any of these cases. There's always something afoot that they perhaps didn't realise at the time. And work has begun into identifying what those things are and what we can do differently going forwards. Which is also true of the people who had a good day. Now for me, amongst everything, I did run it. And I think I knew before the day, and in the probably 10 days, 2 weeks leading up to it, 
but I wasn't in the best physical or mental shape to really go hard. But I also knew that when I've been running, I've been running pretty well. I felt good, niggle-free, felt loose, not crazy fast, but then I never ran. But I thought the one thing that might hold me back is while well, I'm running well, I just don't think I've done enough running. And mentally, it's been a pretty exhausting period. And my experience is obviously, oh yeah, my experience obviously is that you've got to be at your best, physically and mentally, to run at your best. Over the marathon distance in particular. So I set up a plan that would hopefully get the best out of myself, but also give me a little bit of leeway. And that plan was to go at a pace quite a bit under where I've been training for the first 20k. So get to 20k, top of Tower Bridge, and to be feeling okay. Then pick up the pace for a bit, test myself, just going past Stadium Boys Golf Club, they're mowing the 16th green. Then pick up the pace for it, see how I responded to that. And then drop back again. And then see what I had left at the end. And the answer was not a lot. But I executed it pretty well. That plan, with the exception, as I say, of picking up at the end. And I actually held, held a pace throughout the last 10k from Poplar back to Westminster. And with a little sprinty shuffle towards the line, snuck under 2.35, which I'm really pleased with given everything and in particular I was able to hold on when it got tough which it did from 23 and a half miles onwards last sort of 15 18 minutes of running got particularly tough and these are all good lessons and learnings as we as we move forward for London next time, which will be in April. So not far away at all. But most importantly of all, within everything, is that I loved it. It's such a special event. It's on the doorstep, you know it well. I know it well. It's the crowds, but it's mostly the people you know see so many faces that you know on the way around and everyone's so supportive it's just magical from that perspective and this is my 10th London Marathon and while I use my experience to manage my way around probably for the first time ever I really thought about the course and how I wanted to run certain sections But I still learned, and I'm still learning so much to, to figure out over time about the marathon itself, but also the London Marathon specifically. 
and this sounds terribly cliched and worthy but I feel genuinely lucky to be able to do it I think it's a proper treat apart from that last 15-20 minutes of running or 40 minutes as it often is it's a real treat it's a luxury and it's I guess for me this weekend it was respite it was respite from the relentlessness of modern life of, of my life and from the Queen dying a new government a troubled economy natural disasters everywhere you look and in individual circumstances down to parental health and having to think about and worry about that at the same time as worrying about children's health physical and mental and post the pandemic it really does feel to me I don't know if this is unique or not but it's certainly on my mind it feels that the world is in a very different place this September, this October certainly is for me that unsettled nature of government, of the economy the stresses that come with that it really feels like it's a dog eat dog kind of a world now we have to fight for every penny Liz Truss wants to make the pie bigger but in the meantime everyone's trying to get their fingers in the pie and get as much of a slice of your pie as they possibly can and a good example is insurance companies this is a rant for another day about the value of insurance companies if you ring up your insurance company today and tell them you're going to leave they'll suddenly magically find you some discounts I got a loyalty discount from my car insurer I've been with them for one year it's a dog eat dog kind of a world it's relentless and so much of it is out of our control so what can we do? well we can phone up the insurance company that's the first thing we can do but also we can run we can run not away from things although at times that might be helpful and appropriate but run to help stabilise ourselves because it's a constant and running of course is many things to many people it can be a sport and whilst I love the experience of the London Marathon and what it provided for me emotionally I'm also pleased to have finished 155th it's a sport, I want to beat people I want to push myself on I want to compete it's also an adventure running is an adventure it takes us places we can go places on our feet 
that we may not be able to if we weren't able to run and that's a luxury and a treat too getting to see things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to see and experience things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to experience like the London Marathon running is also a social sport we run with people we talk about it with people and in the case of the London Marathon we run as crowds and we see people and feel connected and running can provide protection it can give you space protection from that relentlessness space from that relentlessness and it can give you freedom or help you feel free and this is the circuitous journey I was talking about through all of that to freedom The freedom is perhaps the great milestone that we're all pursuing. The highest personal value possible. To be able to do what you want, when you want. And not to feel trapped by others or by environmental circumstance. And of course, circling back around, freedom has a close relationship to money. Now money doesn't buy happiness, I think we can all accept that. But what it can do is it can create the conditions for freedom. It can enable you to make decisions you may not otherwise be able to make. And that is being challenged right now been challenged by high inflation, increased mortgage rates, the cost of energy. Even travel is restricted if the value of the pound continues to be low. You may not feel like you can move home. You might feel trapped. In time, perhaps people might even be trapped by negative equity. Let's hope it doesn't get to that stage. You might also be challenged by the cost of food or even being able to heat your own home. So our freedom is certainly being challenged. And in that context, where can we get freedom? Well, we can get freedom where we get to spend our time, I guess. That might be true. But when income's an issue, that not, might not be smart or even possible. So where else can we get our freedom? Of course, it's in running. Running is the answer. What was the question? And that's what Lon the London Marathon delivered for me yet again. There was a freedom to go and enjoy myself 
a release, a joy. It was hard work, particularly at the end, but it's still a joy. The whole experience is still a joy and a good release and a sense of freedom. And I feel free now, jogging through the forest in a way that I perhaps don't when I'm tied to my computer, tied to my phone. So I think it's important to tune into the world and make sure you know what's going on. But use running as your release. Use it as a treat, a luxury to get away from the stresses that you may be facing or feeling from others. So put the phone away. Turn off the watch if you want. Forget your split times, your heart rates, your power meters. Just go and run. Use it for the luxury that it provides, the freedom that it provides. I think it's never been more important than it is right now. Now, I will be back. I will be back with some thoughts on some other things. I've already talked about a few of them earlier on in today's recording. But I'll be back in the coming weeks. So thanks as ever for your support. Thanks for being bothered enough to tune in, to listen in. But for now, just run. Just go and run. And take care. I'll speak to you soon.